Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 16 of the MLS Fantasy Insider. This is the round 13 review, round 14 preview, though, in my opinion, round 13 can just go to the garbage. My name is Reed Connolly, and with me, as always, I have some great fantasy minds. I have with me two Jasons. I have Jason, a.k.a. Jaywoo from MLS Fantasy Viz. Hey, y'all. And Jason, a.k.a. Antioch, from the Reddit boards and MLS Fantasy Boss. What's good, guys? And, of course, this episode, as all episodes, is brought to you by r slash fantasy MLS, the fantastic Reddit community, and also team rotations, because goodness knows that's a theme for this season. So, guys, how did your teams do this round? Uh, I pulled out 74 points, which is more than I thought I was going to get going into the last day. It was looking pretty rough, but Aguadella came through, and Dempsey finally got some points. So, yeah, not bad. Laurentowitz saved me. Yeah, I got 70 points. I actually wild-carded last minute. Uh, if I didn't, Olave and Ramondo would have been really bad for me, and I would have ended up with 33 points total. So good thing I wild-carded, set myself up for this week and last week, and got 70 points, but all red arrows except for a couple. So it is what it is. <laughs> Hey, you. Well, that sounds like the best time to use a wild card, though, to save you from some kind of score like that. Myself, I ended up – I was on a negative four because I did some crazy stuff when I saw that Oba was going to be, be back, and I uh, took that negative four for my three transfers, and I ended up with 76. So pretty happy. I did a switcheroo with Polster and Baji, and so I ended up, ended up with eight from Polster, so that was awful nice to see. But I don't know about you guys, but – Double game weeks are dead to me. This was awful as a point of view from a double game week standard. Do you agree? It's frustrating when you pull out 70-plus points, but a lot of your double game players only played one. You know you could have hit 100 if if everything went off the way you planned. So Exactly. Right. exactly. I know for me it's just the, the rotation that everybody's doing. I just don't understand it. I mean, RSL, Colorado, I, I get the DC, but it's just it's really, really frustrating. And part of me is frustrated because I feel like we should have known this, and I think some people did. So kudos to everyone who got this. With going too heavy in with DC, so many games, they were bound to do some rotation. But I was really thinking there'd be some more split time between a lot of these players. But otherwise, I think we're really seeing the downside of double game week teams versus double game week teams instead of the double game weeks versus the singles. And we haven't really had a lot of good double game weeks that featured those teams versus a single game week team. But when we have, that's been when times when people have exploded. I'm still going to take a double week game, a double game week player over a single game week player, just because the potential and the point potential, the minutes potential is a lot higher than a single game week player. I mean, you have your Giovinco's and your Benny's and, you know, your Camaras that are going to get you, you know, seven plus points a game, but I'm still going to get a double game week player no matter what. And true. And when you look at the Dream Team, it's all still double game week, guys. Not necessarily people you're going to expect to be there all the time, but your people like Ishi didn't come through and, and some of those other guys just weren't. Boswell didn't come through, didn't play all the time. So it's definitely rough. Definitely rough. Definitely something to consider as we are moving forward. So before we get into talking about the picks and players that we do like, going to go over... Some quick reminders, as, as always, we talk about the disciplinary committee and the injury reports. There are a few of those out this week I'm going to make sure people keep an eye on. Michael Parkhurst got a, got a red card, I think undeservedly. 
for uh, some handballing within the box in his game. He will miss the Philadelphia game. Uh, Damian Perinelli from New York finally got his, his yellow card accumulation total up high enough, so he is out against Houston. Zach Lloyd is going to be out versus San Jose due to getting a couple of yellow cards during his game. And another big one, Olave is going to be out, even though it's not been updated on the disciplinary summary. So those are those are some of the big name ones to keep an eye on. As far as injuries, there are a few that are updated, but just keep checking back on that. Big news, though, national team call-ups. Did you guys get hit very hard by that? No, um, I... Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. Dempsey, if he ends up staying or playing, I don't really even know what the deal is. I know he's expecting a baby, but that's the only that's the only uh, call up that I have. So a lot of them were not uh, surprises to many of us. For the U.S. men's national team, we have Nick Romano, Brad Evans, Breck Shea, Kyle Beckerman, Michael Bradley, Mix Discarud, no longer Jermaine Jones due to what I think they're saying is a sports hernia now. That's very unfortunate for him. Juan Agadello and Jossie Zardes. So I'm sure many of you guys are already familiar with that. But those are those big name guys that won't be there. For the other call-ups, some of the notable names, Boniette Garcia, Brian Rochez. Rochez? I don't think I ever figured out how to say his last name. I don't pay attention when I watch the game. Uh, Christian Nemeth, that's a big one. Giles Barnes, Darren Maddox, Alvis Powell, Jermaine Jones, Blas Perez, and Sean Maloney. All guys that will not be featuring coming up with some of these next rounds. There is a, an ongoing article on MLSsoccer.com's website for who is going to be gone for international call-ups. I will link that in the post on Reddit for this podcast. So you can go there and you can check it out and keep a running total. Plenty of time before Wednesday's kickoff to get your team crafted the way you want. So speaking of crafting teams how we want them, guys, who are your top picks for the double game week teams for round 14. And as a reminder, those are Chicago, Columbus, DC, Montreal, Philadelphia, and Vancouver. Yeah, for me, goalkeeper, whoever you got, I don't know. They're all the same. If you have a double game keep, keeper, you know, keep him. If not, I would look for, I mean, they're the most likely to play. I don't know. I would go with Hamid, I guess, but I don't know. For defenders, there's not a lot I like. I mean, I like the DC players, but you can't count on them to play, which we've learned. I'd probably say Lorentowitz would be my one double game week player. Although I guess a lot of his goals has come from PKs, but he still gets the bonus points. I think he's most likely going to play both games. For midfielders, I think Perales is a great choice. He's been somewhat down in the last couple weeks as far as form goes, but you know he has as much potential as anyone in MLS. Uh, like Romero and then Kamara, and I would still go. I would gamble on Rivero as well for a double game week personally, but Kamara I think is probably the hands down best player to own for the double game week if you're going to buy one. Yeah, for me, um, you know, I don't really like a lot of options. A lot of them are more punts than anything in my mind. Um, I have Polster for Chicago just because he's a cheap filler, but I agree with you with Lorenowitz. Um, <clears throat> Columbus, the only players I would touch from them would be Kamara, I know a lot of people are punting on Iguain and either Merrim or Finlay. Um, even Pogatetz, I think I just said that, but Pogatetz could be a decent option for a center back if you're looking for that. DC, if you got players, obviously you're going to play them, but 
Um, all I have is Opare, and that's the only thing that I'm going to, or that's the only player I'm going to be using. Montreal, I was big on Montreal. I have Piotti currently. I think uh, Jack Mack is a great pickup since every single other Ford of theirs um, is injured. Um, so I think it, I think it's Simon. Uh, He's the center back there. He could be, I think, pretty good. I know he takes PKs every now and then. Uh, Philly, uh, their goalkeeper Silvestri or Sylvester, I think it is. He's a pretty cheap keeper. Um, I like Maidana from Philly. Um, he could be doing really well in Vancouver. I don't like their schedule being away to um, away to Montreal and then away to LA. I don't like the away games because I know they're really good at home. But still, I mean. Um, uh, Morales is always good and then um, you know Waston is usually always good and so is Ousted so you got you got definitely got some options you guys touch on a lot of players there uh, real quick what do you guys think of Hamid versus Clark I didn't hear Clark's name coming in there for Columbus so start with uh, Antioch yeah I like I like Clark I mean I wouldn't take a hit to get him, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, Columbus's schedule, it's, you know, they're playing away at Philly and then home against Montreal. Pretty decent um, matchups there. But um, I, I'm i staying away from Philly players – or I'm sorry, from uh, from D.C. players just a rotation. And, you know, it's going to be everybody's luck that Hamid gets, gets injured or something like that, so – I think there was a surprise that he did not get called up with the national team, though possibly a relief to a lot of people. Um, but what about, and we'll start with you, Jay, this time, Finlay versus Merrim. I know that, I know I've been a big Merrim fan in the past, kind of leaning towards Finlay now, just some of that consistency. But that broken toe, he went 90. Do we still think he can keep going, or will he maybe sit out a game during this double? Yeah, I don't know with a broken toe. Um. Yeah, I have a hard time. I have really, I have a hard time figuring out who's going to play double game weeks. I, I, it's always so mysterious to me. I don't know. I don't really understand the coach's de- decisions usually on this one. I would say probably I would go with Finlay, honestly. And I think he's like the second most bought player this this week so far. There's also a lot of people picking up Nemeth, which are going to regret it when they find out or Nemeth. Whatever. <laughs> that he's heading out. Fifty sad dudes tomorrow or Wednesday when they realize. Maybe they're on their wild card. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, on a on the on the question thread, I saw that Rube uh, actually had a, a pretty interesting statistic talking about Finlay versus Merrim, saying that Finlay eight point four million dollars, nine point seven percent ownership, sixty seven points at five point six points per game, has nine hundred eighty nine minutes, two goals, seven assists. Then Merrim at seven point seven, three point four percent ownership, fifty three points at five point three points per game, has almost two hundred minutes less than him three goals and three assists for me my money's on finlay he's got he's got a league high seven assists he's going to be crossing it on a lot also you're going to have higuain probably playing you know a little bit a little bit deeper and i think that kamara's gonna be playing up a lot higher so that's going to give you a lot more crosses and i mean kamara's been on fire finlay's been on fire so you put those two together i think you're bound to get some good goals and assists yeah i think the only thing maron brings is slight chance in getting bonus points but per minute but still you know i think he plays less minutes yeah i would say finley in general i would agree yeah they're both great players um if if you're struggling with this decision yourself it, it's kind of nice to have this option because they're, they're both good players finley does edge out Merrim. 
a bit with the stats, which is it's kind of giving him the edge in my mind now. But it helps you fit your budget. If if you want a Columbus guy, Merrim's a good shot as well. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think Finley is is the the better of the two. I, I'm finally swayed over to that side. Uh, the next the next pairing I want to talk about leads us into our single game week player. So before we talk about that, who do you like, Martins versus Rivero or Keen? So would you drop Oba for Rivero or Keen? And then after that. Go ahead and tell me who the rest of your picks are. Let's just start with Antioch. Yeah, I would. I mean, I'm keeping Oba this year, or this this week, but um, I would personally take Rivero over, you know, over Keen right now, just because I feel like Keen is coming back from injury. He's uh, he didn't look too good last uh, last two games, and I only played a little bit the first game, and um, I think I don't know if he started the last game. I wasn't. I didn't watch that, but. Uh, but Rivero has a double game week, and I know that he's kind of been out of form. But like I said, it's a double game week player. The potential for, in my mind, is a lot higher to get goals and assists, especially if they do go 180. Um, but you know, I'm keeping over this week. Yeah, I would say unless you have the rest of your lineup completely sorted, everything perfect, then I would might consider you know using a trade on Martins to Rivero just for fun. But uh, you know, unless yeah, unless you have nothing else to do, I I wouldn't I wouldn't make that choice as a, you know, as an obvious must do choice. It definitely has potential though. I think I think people are a little down on Rivero, and I think he, I think he'll be back with big points soon. I agree. Yeah, this could be it. They're playing against Montreal on the third, and then they're playing against LA on the sixth. So three days of recovery time. That is two away games. So. Might not be this one, but yeah, th- I think there'll be some more goals for him coming in the future. Are there any other single game week players that you guys want to highlight from these teams? I think two players in my mind that are must-haves this week, or at least get one of them. I think, uh, not trying to be a homer, but Javi Morales, I think, is a must-have. Playing against Colorado here at home at the Riot, uh, RSL usually does very well at home against Colorado. Javi came back and scored a goal on his first game back. Um, Plata is getting, you know, match, match fit. Um, so I think that that's a good pickup. Also, I think, uh, Geo is a fantastic pickup this week. I know that, um, Altidore and Bradley are out and Reed was saying that, you know, who's going to get him service. But I think that, I think that Geo's played a lot better without Altidore in the lineup. And I mean, they're playing DC. So I understand if you've got any DC players, but I think with the shuffle that, that is DC right now. I think it's a great pickup to have Geo against that type of uh, shuffle. And we should add it's DC's second game. And now's a good time. I want to point out something I just saw on Twitter. Bad news for DC United hearing Chris Rolfe has been suspended for a game, fine for his kick last weekend. We'll miss the Chicago match. So probably get Chris Rolfe for that match, but it is the second leg. And as you said, the DC shuffle has been vicious so far this season. Yeah, I like Javenko a lot for a single game week player. Um, also, Wando. I think Wandolaski's looking great. Um, Morrow maybe for Toronto, but I guess, you know, I don't know if you can really count on him to keep getting goals, but his form is up there. Um, Caldwell is a value pick for New England, I think, with, especially with Jones being injured again. Yeah. You know, he's going to keep up his five plus points on average for sure. 
And I agree with you still, Jason, that this is just not a tough, or this is just not a good round because it's tough for defenders. So I'm, I'm at a loss myself to think of any fantastic double game week guys right here with all these call-ups. And then I like that you mentioned Wando. He, he did just join the Century Club, ninth MLS player to do that. I, I sometimes am just kind of down on Wando myself thinking him more as a poacher, but uh, he's, he's getting it done this, this season. I also think Nemeth deserve or Nemeth deserves, you know, special mention, even though he's going to be out for, for international duty. If he wasn't, I would say every team should should be thinking serious about picking him up. Yep, he's looking great. Also, uh, I, I, I want to add too that uh, Aristigeta is back and should be playing the double game week, so that could be another big differential for people. I'm not too sure what his um, what his ownership percentage is because I know he's been injured and then out. Um, it's at 4.9%. Yeah, 4.9%. Those are probably a lot of dead teams. So Aristogeta could be a very, very sneaky pickup this week. Yeah, we're getting getting into a little bit of our questions there. So hold back a little bit. Uh, so since we are getting into our little our question and answer period, before we move on, let's just say, do you guys have any must-have players or key differentials for round 14? Javi Giovinco. Um, are these must-haves? I, th- I think I think both of those are must-haves. Okay. Um, and those, I mean, that's pretty much it for me. What's that? Twenty-two million right there. That's not that much. Not that much. <laughs> Fifth of your budget. <laughs> yeah, for me, I think Kamara and and Laurentowitz are are really good picks for this week. Um, as far as differentials, Will Bruin. Um, he's at one point nine percent ownership and is getting goals. So. Yeah, that's sneaky. That's good right there, though. Kubo will be coming in soon. I think that would be uh, early January, uh, or not January, early, early, <laughs> early. Yeah, J- next year we'll get him. Uh, early July, I think, is when the, the the next window opens. Is that right? Yes. I want to say the ninth, but I, that I'm not quite sure off the top of my head. But but yeah. He could be a nice little sneak pick. Wando, in an interview I heard on Extra Time Radio, actually said that he might be a, a player who could end up getting into the Century Club himself. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see a turnaround from Will Bruin. I know if Travis was here, he might have some more insights on that. But he should be back joining us next week. I hope he's having fun in Europe. So that's it for our little intro section. Coming up next is our question and answer time. Okay, so if you haven't noticed already, Simon is not here with us, and that's because we were having some technical difficulties, and Simon did just a great solid for the show, and instead of canceling, he is muted right now, and he's just going to join us next week once he figures out some of these things. So hats off to Simon, and just give him a little shout on Twitter, thanking him for his his help to make everything happen. So we're going to move into our questions, and I think uh, this first one's yours, Antioch. This is from Bit Nomad. What strategy do you fall back on when you've made a series of bad decisions? Do you go off of form, home games, players on top teams? For me, um, I've been quite lucky. I really haven't made that many bad decisions. But like I said, I've preached this since the beginning. I always go on form no matter what. Home games are also a good thing to look at because if a team is in form and they have a lot of home games, you know they're probably going to perform better because, let's face it, in all sports, home teams usually do better. Um, players on top teams, I haven't really looked at that. I mean, you know, you have your – everyone always has, you know, your top three or four players from top teams like a Dempsey, Martins, Keane, Giralis, you know, things like that. But I think form, you know, goes over everything. 
Kamara's been in form pretty much all year, and he's one of the highest owned players. Rivera was in form for the for the first part of the year, and he I believe he was above thirty percent ownership, but now he's dropped off form. Um, so for me, I would say form and then looking at the upcoming schedule are two things that you should really consider. Um, you know, rectifying your bad decisions. Yeah, for myself, I think one, if you're just bad decisions and you're down in the garbage and, and everything, I, I think that's the time to wild card. If you still have your team, I mean, don't look at taking a negative 24, negative 30, just hit that button and just make it something that you're going to be able to survive with or see if you can, by chance, plan ahead for two, maybe even three game weeks to get it to be someplace that you want. Uh, I really sit down and I, I look at my my future planning if I just feel like things are, are awful and I'm, I'm falling back. Otherwise, I hit the home games a bit more like like Antioch was saying. They they really are influential in MLS. If you look at the last week that we just had, even though it was it was totally awful as far as double game weeks go, the home team out of 13 games came away with points in 12 of the 13. So either that's either a win or getting a draw. So it's not bad to be like, well, you know what? I'm just going to roll with my home guys this week. Maybe they'll do great. Maybe they'll not. At least they probably won't suck. But that's that's what I like to look at. Yeah, for me, I would fall back to form and then bonus points. I mean, that's pretty much how my whole strategy you know, is set up. I do I do look at home games, but not that's like the you know third or fourth kind of thing I look at. Generally, I try to have you know, at least half of my team with, you know, decent form in general and gen and regular bonus point generators. So I know when, you know, things like this week happen where I have, you know, players who are pulling off ones and twos, I at least have some of those players who are consistently getting me fours and fives. And then, you know, hopefully someone like a Kamara or, you know, like Laurentowitz comes up with a 12, like kind of pulls me out of the fire. So um, for me, bonus points are huge. I try yeah, to make sure know. I have a good balance. We're all big numbers, guys. I don't know if that comes through a lot, but, but yeah, the numbers. Sabermetrics. So our next question is from, I have no idea how to say this, Telpuya Lion. I am looking to bring in two mids this round, but it's a tough decision. Would it be wise to take out either Dempsey or Benny for any of Ship, Fenley, or Maidana? Well, given that Dempsey may or may not be playing, you know, with uh, a child on the way, it's a good time to maybe take a risk on moving him out. Um, I would think Maidana has a good chance of playing both games since they have a bye week following this week. So Philly doesn't really have to worry about congestion so much. Um, Ship, I like, you know, with Maloney being gone, you know, he'll, he's got a good chance of playing both games. Um, Finlay, we kind of talked about earlier. All of them are, you know, decent picks. Um, you could also go single game week and, you know, pick up a, a Duralis or, you know, go with Paralis if you, I mean, you have the money to spend if you're giving up Dempsey anyway. So I think there's other options. But if you already have Pedro Morales, then, you know, one of those is a good choice. I'd say Maidana out of those three. Yeah, I agree with you with that with Maidana. Um, like like I said before, I, I prefer double game week players over single game week players. I know Benny's been a BP magnet. Dempsey's great. But, um, yeah, if you don't have um, Pedro Morales, I would definitely get him in. Um, I even think that Piotti is a great pick this week. I know that he only played a little bit last week. Um, you know, he played 59 minutes last week, but that could be because they're trying to save him for this double game week. 
Um, but you know, if you are selling Dempsey or Benny, you're going to have enough money to bring somebody, somebody good out of those three. I would ring, uh, rate them my Donna ship and then Finlay just because Finlay, I do like him, but with the broken toe, I don't know if he is going to go 180. Um, so yeah, my Donna ship and then Finlay for me. Don't, don't trade Benny. That's kind of what it comes down for me. I know he's just single game week, but this is the return leg for their little Seattle matchup. And the Kansas city did, did turtle up with that, but now they have Zussi back. They didn't lose anybody on their back line for international call-ups. Uh, and so I think they're going to go all out. This is going to be Kansas city going all out against Seattle, trying to come away with three points out of this. And so I uh, do not trade Benny of those. My Donna is definitely my favorite of the three. Uh, my probably my favorite Philly player right now. So our th- next question comes from Chris JD Grady. And he says with the double game week and Maloney leaving for international duty is ship worth looking into again. I think we touched on that a little bit. Maybe not. None of us really talked about ship. Uh, he's been looking like a player that's great in real life, but not for fancy, but it seems like a good chance. Mike that tiger, another fantasy question frequent giver uh, says yes definitely so we didn't talk about ship before really do you guys think he's going to come back on he was kind of hot at the beginning of the season yeah i think for a double game week it's a good gamble he has too many twos and threes long term for me to really consider him you know week in week out player but you know if he goes two two three five then you know you might end up with an eight so i don't think it's a horrible bet um I don't know what he what his price is. I think it's not too bad. 8.0. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I like Ship. I mean, I think that he has had a slump in production due to the fact that Maloney has taken a lot of his set pieces and things of that nature. And um but I mean, Ship is good for 8. I I actually there's a mid for Chicago that I also like for a budget guy. I think his name it's Kosis uh, or Kosis. $6.2 million, 0.2% ownership. He's he's played two games and scored one goal and one assist in two games. So if you can't afford ship, then maybe something good. But I like ship. I think ship is going to have a good double game week, probably taking all the set pieces except for PKs. So I think ship's a great um, player to invest in this week. And I think we should add that the two games that they are playing are away to D.C. in the first game, and then they're playing – Orlando at home, so at Chicago, and frankly, I think that's really where he could shine if he does shine is during that Orlando game. Yeah, unless the refs step in. <laughs> I say that. Sorry. Seems like a common trend in MLS this year. All right, we got the next question here from uh, from Moonbear Eleven. Is a negative twelve all for double game week players worth it? That is, if they all get 180 minutes. Moonbear, yes, it is totally worth it to do a negative 12. I think that's at the very end of the spectrum, in my opinion, for taking hits. But if they're all double game week players, why not? I mean, you're taking that risk and that gamble. Um, and for me, I think it's totally worth it. Uh, hopefully you select the right double game week players, which I know <laughs> has been the bane of our existence for this entire season. I mean, I was not expecting any Portland players like Will Johnson or – Ridgewell to do as well as they did, but you know, hey, whoever picked them up, props to you guys. But yeah, I think a negative twelve is a good a good investment. So I'm going to channel some of Simon right now, and I'm going to say no. Uh, 
I, I do agree that taking negative hits, uh, maybe up to 12, is not awful, especially with MLS, especially with our double game week set up in the past. What I don't like about this double game week is the number of double game week teams who are playing each other. That's just the chances for that to cancel themselves out and just the rotations that we've been seeing. There are also not that many double game week teams that I really, really like to maybe want to go with that negative 12 on. Columbus has got some players. Vancouver's got some players. Otherwise, they get kind of scattered around, becoming into more of a maybe for me. So I would be hesitant with the minus 12, especially with the free wild card coming up in round 15. Yeah, personally, I'm not good at picking who's going to play both both weeks, so I I wouldn't be comfortable myself doing that. If you know the teams that are playing really well, if you have a good feel of who's really going to play 90 minutes both games, then absolutely, I think minus 12 for a double game week is a good idea. But I just I don't I don't that's not my skill set at all. I I get burned so bad. So you know if you if you see it, go for it. So our next question is from Fnickamax. Speaking of hits, who is worth taking a hit at every position this week? Ooh, tough one. Goalkeeper, don't do it. I don't think it's worth it. Um, you know, you know, it's a, it's a it's a big chance to go big. You could have, you know, I mean, basically you need is a shutout, and they have a double chance to do it. Uh, but I don't think any of the matchups are that good to to really go for that. In general, I would say, unless you have an immediate issue at goalkeeper, I wouldn't risk a hit there personally. Um, for defenders, maybe Lerwentowitz this week is a good choice. Again, if his goals are coming from penalty kicks, you know, that's kind of iffy. But he gets bonus points, and I do think he will definitely play both both games. Uh, for midfield, I would take Perales for sure. Um, and forward, Kai Kamara. I think they're all locks to play both games. Yeah, for me, um, I agree uh, with keepers. Unless you have somebody, I don't think that it's really worth it this week. I don't like anybody's matchups. Um, for defenders, I think yeah, Lorenowitz uh, is good. I, I really like uh, Simon from um, Montreal. I really, really like him. I think that he could potentially have a really good game. And um, midfield, yeah. Um, I do like, obviously uh, – um, Morales, I think that's a really good pickup. Um, but Ship, I think Ship could do really, really well this week too. And I really think that since Maloney's out, Ship could uh, potentially play 180 minutes. And um, Maidana as well, I think for midfield, any of any of those three midfielders. And then forwards, um, I think Rivero is going to have a great a great game week. And um, obviously Kamara's, uh, you know. Um, really good. Aristigeta could be a very sneaky punt to do for that. And um, Iguain, I think, could be a very sneaky pickup as well. That's a lot of negative fours. I think you just rebuilt your team right there. <laughs> uh, I'm going to agree with uh, the two Jasons here. There is nobody playing goalkeeper that is worth taking a minus four for. I'm going to go a little bit against the grain. There is nobody as a defender who I think is worth taking a minus four for this week. On the midfielders, I don't think you'd need to take any hits with some of the guys who are gone 
especially if you want to drop off Dempsey to trade for somebody. I think that could easily be one of your two free trades or three if you say one over from last time. Uh, if anyone, I think Pedro Morales could be a good trade. Um, perhaps also Maidana because I like his matchup at home versus New York City FC. For the forwards, I think it's definitely worth taking a minus four hit if you want to roll out both Kamara and Rivero. I think that could be a rewarding uh, combination right there. So those guys. And our next question also comes from Moonbear11 once again. And Moonbear says, do you like Philadelphia's options up front considering the lack of defense their opponents had? And is Aristigueta a lock to start two games now that he's back from international duty? We touched on this before. Um, the upfront options I like uh, are Maidana. That, that's my favorite. We saw some connections between Latou and Winger. Winger finally. Last round, some of that is still very inconsistent. I think it will change with Aristigueta back already, but I'm going to let Antioch talk more about this at the end since he seems to be our Aristigueta Wikipedia guy. Yeah, with with them having a bye game, is that right? Did I say that before? Yeah, with a bye after this double game week, I think, you know, they definitely there's definitely potential for players playing both games. Um Arista Guetta I like as a player. Personally, I play very heavily based on their last few games. And I don't I'm not much of an oracle as far as what's gonna come forward. So I personally wouldn't pick him up, but I believe Jason when he says that, that it's a good a good idea. I'm not going to do it. But. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. <laughs> no, I uh, I mean, Ersegeta missed game week 11 and 12 and then came back last week against DC and played 71 minutes, no bonus points. You know, coming back to get match fitness is good. But, I mean, you remember he was pretty off and on in the beginning of the season, a 2, 11, a 2, a 2, an 8, a 0, a 1, a 2, a 0. So he hasn't really shown much, but – I really do like their schedule. They're playing Columbus at home, which I think is going to be a tough match. And then they play New York City um, at home, which I think is going to be a goal fest. <laughs> Let's be honest. You're picking him because of that New York match. Exactly. And that's it. But, but that's also why people are picking Maidana. But realistically. The boss of 2015. Ex exactly. Exactly. But the thing is, is I mean, there are a lot of options with Philadelphia, but I think the most sure option if you were to get one Philadelphia player is Maidana, and that's it because you don't know how if Aristogeta is going to play that much or if Wenger is going to play that much or if Sapong is going to come in, if Latou is going to be playing, if Noguera is going to play, if Pfeiffer is going to play, if Carroll is going to play. I mean, you don't know who's going to play all 180 minutes. I have a feeling Maidana will, and I could see Aristogeta playing you know, maybe another 80 minutes this first week and then the second week maybe go on the full 90. But, um, I mean, if you have them in your team, awesome. If you want to take a punt and, you know, go with the Ristigeta, awesome. I, ho I hope I hear about it and I hope he scores big for you. All right, and the next question we have is um, from JP Gentry. Was Zussi role-playing as good or as a god – I'm sorry about that. Uh, JP Gentry says, with Zussi role-playing – as a god this week, does this mean a rescued role for Failhaber? Uh, I mean, I think that was, was reduced role. Sorry. Oh, reduce. Oh, it says rescued. I think yeah, I did think he means reduce. Yeah. Um, 
I do. I think. I mean, Zussi has been due a big game week since he since the season started, and he finally got it. Um, I don't think that one good game week from Zussi is going to make you know Benny's confidence shatter or even put Benny in the doghouse. Benny's been the model of consistency for a fantasy midfielder this entire season. And, you know, one bad week from Benny and one good week from Zussi shouldn't shake up anything. I still think Benny is a must-have, and I still think he's going to produce. Um, Benny Failhaber, best U.S. soccer player. Best non-call-up U.S. player. Shame best, on you, Klinsman. Best, best U.S. soccer player, period, right now, 2015. Called up or not, best best player. Um. I think they're going to be able to play off each other. We we saw Fail Harbor do well when Zussi was here, though he was still sort of recovering from injury. I, I think his his form has given him a confidence that he'll be able to keep building off of. So a reduced role, possibly. I, I don't think he'll be just relegated to the background of, of just a few bonus points every now and then. I think he's still going to be getting forward, still going to be a set-piece option. So I, I agree. I don't think he's worth getting getting rid of, and I hope to see him at the All-Star game. Yeah, for me, a bad week for Benny is going to be three points where he gets two bonus points and a yellow card. Like He's always going to be <laughs> up in that range of you know five, five to seven points is what I would see if Zussi is more attacking and he's holding back. He might not get the goals as much, but he is a bonus point machine. He, you know, it's frustrating watching him play as a res fan because when he was here, you knew he had that potential, but his attitude was not there. His attitude is great at Kansas City. You know, he is working hard for every bonus point that he gets, and he'll. I don't see that stopping anytime soon. So our next question is also from JP Gentry. So three weeks removed from my garbage team, I found myself in unfamiliar territory. I'm doing well, 90% because of this podcast, 10% Fellhaber. I think you undersell <laughs> Fellhaber, just saying. Um, my question is, how does one maintain? I want to say it ain't broke, don't fix it, but I'm afraid if I sleep on my team, I'll wake up and find it's hot garbage again. I love this question. Great so question. for me – the strategy every week should be put out fires. If you've got red cards, injuries, call-ups, you know, for any of those three, take a minus four, obviously. Um, and then from there, I go to worst out, best in. I look at my players, everyone I've got on my team for the last fix. I, will, I have a stable of bench players, finally, that I wouldn't look at for this. But for players I expect to play each week, um, who's been doing the last for the last three or four weeks? And in that price range, who can I swap out to you know, to, to improve. And then I look from there, I look at, um, you know, upcoming schedule. If I pick, you know, three or four midfielders who would be a good upgrade, which one of them has the best prospects going forward. You know, if you keep doing something like that, you're not going to fall into complete trash. And if you do, it's going to be for a week. We've seen, you know, you have a team going into the week where you know it's solid and for whatever reason, you know, you know, Colorado gets, you know, a, a clean sheet and all the defenders get all the points. So you, you may have bad weeks. Don't freak out. Just keep getting rid of the worst and bringing in the best. You'll be all right. I don't think I could say it better than that. So I agree with uh, Jason 100% on that. One maintains by keeping on listening to the podcast. And keeping Benny in your lineup. <laughs> Get those two things. Uh, no, in all fairness, yeah, Jason had a had a fantastic answer. 
right there. It's it's all about planning for me to try to maintain whatever wave that you're riding. Don't look too far ahead and and don't don't worry about it too much because if you start trying to just micromanage and second guess every decision that you make, then it's just it's just too much pressure. Like even though myself, I've made the decisions like, yeah, this is what I'm going to go with. And then I talk to more people and start thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I shouldn't do that. And then some of the original thoughts I had from looking at the numbers and, and looking at for my original plans panned out better than what I switched to. So don't worry too much about it. Get some feedback from people. Of course, listen to our podcast and, and go with what you feel is best based on what you're seeing. What's the devil game week looking up? Who's New York City FC playing against this week that I can take advantage of? Uh, who's gone with the Gold Cup coming up? That's going to be huge with all those pe- those players who aren't going to be here. So just really looking forward in the game weeks is, is what I think is the best way to kind of help maintain your progress. Great question. This was actually a question that uh, JP Gentry asked last week, but I didn't catch it before we recorded the podcast. And so very excited that uh, we got to answer that question. Fantastic question. And I'm glad that we sort of started out with our little down in the dumps about bad decisions and got to end with riding high on the waves. So we had one more question that I did not put on our list to answer tonight. And that was, again, we had this for the last two weeks about what we're thinking for game week 15. And I did not answer that question because, as I said last week, we're going to have a very special episode for Game Week 15. It's going to be our fantasy roundtable. We're going to have some great people from all over the fantasy community, from Twitter, from Fantasy Boss, from the Reddit forums. So lots of great, great, maybe a surprise guest, but uh, it's going to be a good episode. We're going to be taking questions soon for that. I hope to talk about, of course our recommendations for game week 15, how to deal with that wild card that we're getting. We're also going to talk about some of the status of the game as we see it. And so I'm going to love to get questions from you all, just what you want to know about why did the game change? Where is it going to go? What's worked? What hasn't worked? Even your own feedback. So this will be a great time to reflect on the season going forward. It's going to be great. There's not a double game week, so it's going to be relaxing and I'm really looking forward to it. But just so you do know, like I said, there is a wild card in game week 15. So you're going to have unlimited transfers, whatever you want to call it. You'll be able to just completely remake your team right before we hit the craziness that is the Gold Cup. Okay, that's all for our questions. And so now our last little segment of the show tonight, as always, is going to be some fun stuff. So we're going to start out with the league, the head-to-head review, the head-to-head results of the fantasy insider host league i beat travis holla i give that more credit to him being gone than anything that he did wrong but hey i'll take it a win is a win simon who cannot be here did well again this week he beat scott who's had some some rough times commitments at home not been able to be very attentive to his team this year well whatever i'm sure simon will will still take that win and uh, i think you won too jason yeah, I went up against Eternal, um, Paul, and it, it went the same as all of my other head-to-heads, mostly, unless they scored in the hundreds. Um, I, everybody seemed to be in the mid-60s, and I was in the low-70s, so it came out, came out well. Very lucky. And then our honorary uh, host, Antioch, did you have any, any league results you want to report? Well, pretty much um, all reds except for a couple leagues that I really could give two craps about. But um, <laughs> I, I, I went up seven places in the RSL league, so now I'm tenth out of a couple thousand. So that's, yeah, that's my, good. Yeah, I'm stoked about that. 
Very good. And of course, we have to give a shout out to the round 13 R slash fantasy MLS league top scorer, who is Sean Connolly, who was the manager of M or WMFC with 105 points. Great score. I think 115 was the top for this this week. So that's a great score, man. Congratulations for that. And good luck maintaining that through this next month. So while I was looking for those top scores, I did find some team names that I enjoyed. And uh, the first one was from Randall Hall, which was the Laws of Lawless. Big Alexi Lawless fan myself, so I enjoyed enjoyed that. The next one came from Pete Chambers, who was Halftime Pop-Tarts. And I have to say, I, I like Pop-Tarts, and so I like that team name. Frosted ones are definitely better, though, than the not-frosted ones. Do you guys agree? Yeah, for sure. I don't even know why you would waste your time with non-frosted Pop-Tarts. Yeah. And the final one comes from Spencer Agnew, and it was Disappointment FC. And I just thought that that summed up the reactions of many people for this round. Disappointment FC. So I liked uh, Farrell's Beard Trimmer. I think we talked about Farrell's Beard <laughs> last week. Was it last week? I can't remember. But anyway, he has a bet with his brother yeah. that he can't shave until – anyway. Um, also, FIFA is a joke. That's pretty no good. Doubt. I'm sure there's more of those out there. Uh, yeah. I don't know about you guys. There's not a vibrant soccer community around where I am. So it it was interesting to me that once that news broke about FIFA, everybody was talking to me that day at work. So I'm I'm the token soccer guy at work. <laughs> Did you guys have the same thing happen? Um, I I have one guy who would never watch soccer when I met him. And now he has season tickets to the revs. And then we have another guy, the cube over that just moved here from Kansas city. So he oh. has a little smack talk to go, to go around. So yeah, I got, I got a good MLS thing going on there. Yeah. My work pretty much. Uh, I mean, yeah, of course you do. <laughs> no, I mean with RSL, you know, obviously a lot of RSL fans, but at my, uh, my full-time job, I, uh, I, uh, not a lot of soccer fans, but I feel that now, you know, that I've been working with RSL and a lot of uh, a lot a lot more community. I'm getting a lot of people more tickets, so they're loving the games. But this whole FIFA thing, I mean, it's funny because it's you know the sports world was kind of dead, and now this whole FIFA thing comes up, and everybody gets arrested except for the president. And it's like that's that's ridiculous. It's just it just it just it blows my mind. It's still it's it's like the worst kept secret. In soccer, though, people would come up to me and say, did you hear about this? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, what do you think about that? And I'd say, not surprised. Exactly. No. So this isn't FIFA related, but I would just say that Utah, like RSL does have a good thing going as far as local news coverage. Like I'm from Utah. So when I go back home, you know, my mom would say, oh, RSL this, RSL that. She doesn't watch the games, but it's a <laughs> presence in the community. Like people know what's going on. Like you don't expect that in Boston at all. They're either Res fans or they do not care. So. Well, you, you got to look too that I mean, RSL besides the Jazz are the only two pro teams here in Utah, and RSL is the only one that's won a championship. The Jazz were great in the late '90s, but they haven't done anything since. Is whereas RSL has been to two MLS Cups. They won one. They should have won the other one. <clears throat> Calling red card like, but hey, you know whatever. <laughs> so, well, I'm not a big sports fan, so. I would take having one great soccer team. You can, you know, you can have the Sox, take the Patriots, don't care. I'll keep the Bruins. I like hockey once in a while, but I'm going to get like strung up here if anyone knows who I am. Sorry, Boston fan. 
but we have college basketball in Kentucky and not being a basketball fan, I, um, I don't get excited about a lot. So I'm, I'm really excited that I found some guys to place to pick up games with on the weekends now. So that's, that's been fun, except that I managed to pull my groin and my, my hamstring the last two weeks. So I'm not, not too comfortable right now. So I'll take some more excitement out of that in a couple of weeks as I recover. You should but, go to concussion. You'd have the hat trick. I know the the soccer injury hat trick. The, the first day I got injured, they said what happened, and I said I got the Josie Althor injury. So, <laughs> so that was how that worked. Now I guess I have the Josie Althor and the Robbie Keane injury. So we'll see. And I'm going to take some time to recover. But that's all that we have for our show tonight. Thank you everyone for listening. Please remember to like our podcast, review our podcast, and most importantly, share our podcast to help it go around. I know our numbers are a little down. Maybe it's because you're not doing as well you have in the season, but please still share it to help us grow the community and just make it more fun for everyone. Now remember, the Fantasy Roundtable is coming up next week. There will be posts on Reddit. I'm sure there will be multiple tweets, so please send your questions. We'd love to answer them and get involved and just try to make a show that's going to be the most helpful to you all as we can possibly make it. So before any – I guess we go. Anything else you guys want to add? Yeah, um, you know, guys, thank you guys for all the Twitter followers. I feel like the past, like, two, three weeks um, been a lot more um, involved with conversations on Twitter with uh, questions and lineup questions and injury questions. Um, so, you know, thanks for all the love out there. And also for my, uh, my weekly game week punts on Reddit. Uh, thank you guys for all the input. Uh, it's been great. And then even on MLS um, fantasyboss.com on the chat rooms, every day I'm on there, you guys have so much love for the podcast and for the help we give you guys. So thank you guys for first and foremost, listening and, you know, showing your support to us in the community and, uh, you know, keep it up and tell your friends, let's, let's get this thing huge. It's a good time. It's, I love it. It's, it's every Monday. I look forward to doing this. So it's, it's fun. So thank you guys. Um, I guess the only thing I would bring up is um, if you haven't been to MLS Fantasy Viz lately, I did add um, the last five weeks bonus points and then a whole bunch of like season long stats to the, um, I guess, not so appropriately named round stats um, section. So if you do <laughs> want to do a little more in-depth research there, you do have a, a bunch more columns, which you can, you know, show and hide some of them depending on what you're looking for. So it's a great site. Stuff. Everybody go awesome. look at it. It's a great site. Fantastic. Very good. Well, that's all that we have tonight, everyone. Thank you again. Yes, please email and tweet your feedback about the show. We'd love to help make it the best that we can for you. And uh, yes, thanks and good luck.